everyone. Okay, it's great to be with you this morning. And if you don't know me, uh, my name is Paul and I lead the team. I'm privileged of leading the team that oversees New Life Community Church. And we are continuing our series in the Gospel of Mark. So if you have your Bibles, we are going to be rooted in Mark chapter 4, verses 21 to 34. So that's Mark chapter 4, verses 21 to 34. If you are taking notes, uh, the title for today's uh, preach is Jesus and the Kingdom. And we're going to be really picking up from the flow of where Dale lost us uh, and led us excellently last week through the parable of the sower. Now, I just wanted to share, just on that moment, whilst you're finding your, your scriptures, when I'm out on the dog walk, I will often listen to preachers delivered at each site on a Sunday, which is pretty cool. Soon we'll, we'll have three preachers to listen to via the church's podcast on Spotify. Now, each preacher will preach from the same text, but they will often draw out different bits of treasure. So that's my encouragement with you. So I listened to Dale's preach online. I thought it was excellent. He did a great job. But I was also present in Wimborne when Tim was delivering as well. Uh, was I present? No, I wasn't. I was in Verwood. I listened to Tim's preach as well. In fact, I listened to both online, and they were both excellent. And they both drew out different treasure from the text. So let me encourage you, when you've got that little bit of extra time, you're traveling in your car to work, or you're out walking a dog, or you've dropped your kids off at school, and you're walking back home, or something along those lines, put your earphones in, it will do you good to listen to the preachers from different sites, because these guys are, are drawing out some great treasure from the text. Okay, so just uh, before we crack on and, and look at the scripture, let's just a quick reminder of the text. By the time that we meet Jesus here in this moment, he is drawing a crowd from Galilee, Judea, Idumea, from beyond the Jordan, and from around Tyre and Sidon. We are talking, so we're talking huge numbers. And when I think, when I think crowd, I'm probably imagining like 50 or 100 or 200 people. However, we're only really a couple of chapters away from Jesus feeding the 5,000. And in those days, they counted that was men. And then you'd have to count the numbers of the women and the children included. On a, so on, on top of. So we're talking thousands. So when the scripture says here, a very large crowd in Mark verse one, 4 verse 1, I think at this point, we need to be thinking and visualizing people gathering in their thousands. So to keep a little bit of crowd control, and to let the waters naturally amplify his voice, Jesus steps into a boat, and with that Mediterranean sun glistening on the waters, he begins teaching to those large numbers of people gathered beside the sea and on the land. So Heavenly Father, as we begin to look at your word, as we read through it, Father, would you bring about a blessing Thank you that it is alive and active. It's there to, to prod and to shape and to change and to illuminate to us, Lord, something more of who you are, more of yourself. And I pray, Lord God, that we won't leave this place the same. We open our hearts to be transformed by you this morning through the power of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be looking at three parables uh, but before we do, we're going to read through verses 
33 to 34. So these are the last two verses of that section. So Mark chapter 4. I'm just going to read to you the last couple of verses. So Mark chapter 4, 33 to 34, last two verses of this section. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. So with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. So we're really going to use these two verses as a springboard, really, to help us understand the rest of the text. And we're, we're going to spend that time by looking at the purpose of the parables. So I think that doing this will help us like, more effectively launch us into the rest of the scriptures. We know that parables, as probably Dale shared last week, are not just stories. They aim to convey a deeper spiritual truth which means there's always something beneath the surface of the story that Jesus wanted to communicate to those who could understand. Now, I don't think Jesus shared in the way that he did through the telling of story or by using illustrations just as a means of effective communication. Clearly, Jesus wants his listeners to be able to engage, and there is a beautiful accessibility about the way that Jesus taught with no unnecessary intellectual or academic demands, just as I like it personally. It's great. Plenty of culturally relative examples for the locals to connect with. And yet parables, they have a greater purpose. A purpose of distinguishing between those who were hearing and seeing and understanding versus those who were not. I want to really, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to gauge now where I stand in, in my life when I start making film references and realize that actually there's, there's a boatload of people who don't understand the reference I'm talking about now. It's a, it's, a, it's a sad time. But has anyone seen the film The Matrix? Raise your hand if you've seen the film The Matrix. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good contingent. To those who haven't, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> and you should see it. It's a great film. <clears throat> So there's a scene in The Matrix, okay, where a guy is just looking at a computer screen, okay, and it's looking at a computer screen of coding, filled with coding, streams of green numbers and letters running down the monitor continuously. Now, to the outsider, it's nothing more than that. It's just a screen full of green. But to the one who understands, to the one who sees, it's much more... <clears throat> In the film, the guy comments on how he doesn't even see the coding anymore. All he sees is what it represents, people, buildings, vehicles, food, conversations. And that's what Jesus does with the parable of the sower. He helps the disciples to understand how to decipher the code. This is what the sower represents. This is what the seed represents, and so on. If they can understand how this one works they will begin to understand the other parables that Jesus shares as well. Now, in truth, I don't think that really actually seems to happen. 
So if any of you have challenges understanding the parables that Jesus shares, don't worry, you are in good company. Even Jesus' disciples clearly continued to struggle with understanding what they meant. And what do, we, what do we learn from that? What does that tell us about the purpose of the parables and why Jesus used them? Well, I believe we learn that the real solution to these puzzles are not to be found in your own ability to crack the code. You might understand a couple of bits. The Pharisees certainly understood when Jesus was talking about them. But no one really fully ever grasped the, the whole picture. Because to crack the code, you would need to know fully what the code meant. And to do that, you would need to know the person who wrote the code. So the purpose of the code was about moving you toward the person who wrote the code in the first place and discovering the significance of that person. Now, Jesus says to his disciples in Mark 4.11, the scripture from the text you had last week, to you, the disciples, has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. And this basically means to you has been given the key to understanding and unlocking all of this stuff. And that key to unlocking all of that stuff and understanding is found in the person who has been given to you. Disciples didn't know everything, but they knew enough to follow Jesus. And in spending time with Jesus, Jesus began to unlock all of those things that seemed to be so complicated. The best person to explain the code was always going to be the one who wrote it. And it says in verse 34 that to his own disciples, he explained everything. And that word explain means in the, in the Greek to untie. All that was knotted and confused was untangled and made clear through time spent with Jesus. So to anyone who was hearing the parables and not understanding, it wasn't really about them breaking through and cracking the code, but it was always about them discovering the significance of Jesus. Jesus, the code writer and code breaker who was with them. To the very large crowd that gathered, the secret and the key to understanding the kingdom of God was with them. But not in acknowledging him or receiving him, but, uh, but in not acknowledging him, sorry, or receiving him as the gift given by God, the parables would remain like a load of green code running down the screen. If you haven't seen The Matrix, you do need to see it. So if you want understanding, if you're hungry for clarity, if you find yourself all tied up in knots, whether that's with scripture or just life, I still look at the parables. I still need to find understanding in the parables. The lesson we learn here from Jesus is that it's unlikely you're going to be able to untangle this yourself. Fully understand this by yourself. Crack the code to life by yourself. What you do need to know is the significance of the code writer. And know something of his heart for you to understand that if you're willing to spend time with him, he's willing to help you untangle those knots and make sense of that which is confusing. Okay, so let's look at our first parable in verses 21 to 25. 
you might have a title, uh, I'm reading from the ESV, you might have a title, A Lamp under, under a Basket. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. Nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Raise your hand if you feel a little bit confused at this moment in time. Okay. <clears throat> For you guys who've already got it, huge congratulations. That's, that's good stuff. <laughs> okay, so I'm reading this. I'm thinking, man, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus, to help me understand what you're saying here in the text. So in verses to 21 to 22, Jesus begins talking about light. And he does so by using the Ikea example. You know, you go out on a shopping trip, you purchase a fine-looking lamp, and you bring it home with you. Now, it's unlikely that you're going to take that new lamp and you're going to hide it underneath the bed or store it in a cupboard. However, even if you did, maybe it's because the room is not yet ready. Maybe you're having some works done. Maybe you haven't finished decorating it. Either way, the lamp is not meant to remain hidden. It hasn't yet fulfilled its purpose. Equally, maybe you've brought the lamp as a gift for someone else, and you store it until it's their birthday. The gift is not meant to remain a secret. At the right time, it will be given. And what was secret will be made known, especially to the person who receives it. Jesus is talking about light that has been brought in, a light that has been given. Maybe it's been hidden or kept secret for a while, but at the right time, when the room or the recipient is ready, the light will come to fulfill its purpose. The purpose of light is to shine out, fill an area, disperse darkness, and reveal all those areas that might need a little bit of attention. Remember, Jesus says to his disciples, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. And Jesus continues that train of thought through the parable we have just read. We see that secrets will not remain secret. To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But we see in the first couple of verses, those things that are secret will not remain secret. Secrets will be unwrapped, uncovered, and plain to see. Whilst we can look at the, the function of light of that lamp and understand its importance in revealing and dispersing darkness. In this parable, the focus less is about what the light does and really more about who the light is. When Jesus is teaching this parable, he's pointing to himself as the lamp, a lamp that had been promised, a lamp that had been given, a lamp that had been brought in to fulfill its purpose of bringing light, a lamp that remained secret, a light that had been hidden for 30 years before Jesus embarked on this ministry. 30 years before the room was, that it was going into was ready and prepared. John says of him, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And Jesus says of himself, I am the light of the world. 
whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, to pick up verses uh, 23 to 25... Where it says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear, the measure you use it. Jesus is still flowing on from his parable of the sower. The word is scattered when it is shared with others through conversation or love and action. Yeah, so David did a really great job of talking about how that seed is scattered through the church, through, through God and through his church. And now it's going to fall upon ears and hearts that are either ready to listen, soak that in, or disregard what is being shared. Now Jesus says in verse 23, pay attention to what you hear. With what you have been given, the measure you have, what are you going to do with it? So Jesus uses this language of measurement in verses 24 and 25, and this is not about getting out your tape measure or your ruler. This is about weight. And today we get our porridge or cereal or flour conveniently measured and packaged for us in 500 grams or one kilogram boxes. In the days of Jesus, you have to imagine scales constantly being used to measure out all food types, from your oats through to your oils. There is a measurement given by Christ for every Christian. When you receive that gift of light, the lamp of Jesus that goes into the room of your heart, that light in you is not to remain hidden or be kept secret. Light is meant to go out. And for every Christian, that is the outworking of your faith. You give out of what you have been given. And that is the parable Jesus shares of the miners or the talents. You know, the principle remains the same. For what you've received from Jesus, you are to invest and give out this light that it may impact others. If you give out, Jesus will restore what you have been given and add even more. And we could apply that in so many different ways, whether that's through being a witness to your neighbors or giving out from yourself in conversation or in loving action whether that's giving out of your energies or your resources or the way you serve your brothers and sisters in the church family. This is you giving out from yourself what Jesus has measured to you. Sometimes the world's attitude can look like this. Build for yourself. Build for your career. Build for your family. Build for your property. You know, build for your legacy. And whatever it is, that's counter to the attitude of the kingdom of God. The secret to the kingdom of God revealed in Christ is this. What Christ has built in you, go and help build with others. Give out of what Christ has given you. In doing so, God will replenish what you give and so much more. And for the one who keeps that light hidden, for the one who keeps it secret, like the parable of the miners or the talents, the one who does not invest what he has given, even what he has will be taken away. The kingdom of the world builds for self. The kingdom of God builds for others. Pay attention to what you hear and give out of the good of what God has done in you. Let's read 26 to 28. Next parable. And he said, Jesus said, The kingdom of God 
is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Now, last week, Dale talked about three agencies being involved in a person receiving the good news of Jesus Christ, and that those agencies have an impact on whether you know, a word take root, takes root in a person's heart and grows. And those three agencies being God and us and Satan. Now, God's desire is for all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God is the initiator of this good news going out and the one who calls his church to do the same. He is also sovereign and he knows every heart over all time. There are times in scripture when God hardens hearts and when God softens hearts and through Christ gives new hearts. You can't get away from that really. Scripture also says that his ways and his thoughts are higher higher than ours. So God in his wisdom is accounting for things that we cannot possibly fathom or imagine. God says in Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways are your ways, declares the Lord. For as high For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God is one of the agencies at work in receiving of the word. We are also one of the agencies. So we can firstly choose to receive or not to receive the good news of the gift, the gift of the good news in Christ Jesus to us. We can also choose to use and give out of the measure that has been given to us, or we can choose to hold back and keep things hidden. We can also choose to scatter the word and throw out that seed to every heart and every ear and every bit of ground that we come across, or we can choose to withhold. We are another agency at work. And finally, Satan is the other. And scripture says that he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour. He is seeking to snatch away, to grab to tear away the word of God that has landed at your feet or been sown into your heart. He does not want you to be recipients of that good news. And so he is another factor in the battle for truth and direction and life. But here in this parable, the two main agencies focused on are the agency of God and his church. God plus you and I. We scatter the word And in scattering the seed, in bringing the word, our role is complete. What we then do is leave it to God to bring about the growth. We sleep, we rise, we scatter again. And we leave the growth of security and faith and knowledge and relationship to him. We can sow into people's lives, but it's God who causes transformation to occur. As the Apostle Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So when it comes to evangelism, to being witnesses for Jesus, this is, I don't know, it should feel very liberating, really, in one way. My role is to scatter out from what I've been given. From the measurement that Christ has given me, I give out to others. I scatter what I've been given. I'm less concerned about where that seed is. It's being scattered. I just want to scatter it everywhere that I go. 
or how it's going to take root in someone's life. Or when it comes to discipleship, when it comes to one anothering or helping people in their journey with Jesus. Again, I give out of the measurement that Jesus has given me and I trust God with the rest. We can plant, we can water, but God is going to be the one who gives the growth. So let's be a people who scatter well during the day through conversation and loving action with a heart to point people to Jesus. Let's be people who give out of what they have to help people in their relationship with Jesus. And then let us be a people who go home and sleep easy, knowing that God has got everything else in control because God will give the growth. Okay. Final few verses. So we're going to read from 30 to 32. And he said, Jesus said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use it, use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up, becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. This is probably one of the more common known parables, and I really love that we're finishing on this one because I think it not only paints a picture for every believer individually, but also delivers a beautiful picture of the church, of us together. So for every new believer, this should help you know something of the trajectory of your Christian life. The word of God is sown into you, a seed that takes root Christ in your life. Now, of course, we know that a tree receives nourishment from the earth and delves deep to grow stronger. So just know that that is the port of call for every person who follows Jesus to delve deeper into God's word, into prayer, into life with other believers. Delve deeper to grow stronger in your faith. This is your part and God will cause the growth. But know that as you do, you're going to start branching out. What was hidden in the ground will come out and branch above the surface. The impact of you being a follower of Jesus is that you will have a greater reach, and you probably already do, than you think. And you in yourself, deep-rooted, will be able to be a place of shade and of comfort and of protection to those around you. As God causes you to grow, you will become robust enough and secure enough to take others under your wing. And as you give out of the measurement that God has given you, God will replenish and strengthen and add to you. So that's the picture painted for each follower of Jesus, but it's also a beautiful picture of us corporately together as a church family. I want to think about this, this church family and the journey that it's been on so far, you know? A seed that was sown into Fording Bridge, what, 17 years ago? I'm looking for the confirmation from the guys who are 17 years ago around there. 2006 was the first. Uh, first public Sunday, 2006. Well, it's conceived before that, though, isn't it? So three years two or three years about. So oh, we, could, we could stretch it and make it glamorous at 20. Nice even number there. There we go, 20 years. A seed sown through faithful prayer. Chris and Eileen are are an example of of people who are praying 
for a seed, a charismatic church, a church that is gospel-centered to be in this community, a seed sown. (laughs) Through faithful prayer and obedience, a few began meeting as a community of believers in this place. A church family that delved deep and then began branching out. And God has gathered to us, strengthened our trunk, deepened our roots, and enabled us to stretch out further. And over the years, we've had the privilege of being able to give shade and sanctuary to believers and unbelievers along the way. Now God has given us, in his, in his grace and his plans, a reach from Wimborne through to Downton and even some nations. What a beautiful and mighty thing that God is doing. Look at what God can do with one seed. Look at what God can do with a few people. Look at what God can do in a small place. Let's try and pull, this, pull all of this thing together. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Some of that language feels a bit familiar, yes? Lamps and light. Not being hidden, but being visible. Let that light shine before others. Giving out individually from yourself in conversation. Giving out from loving action. Giving out in pointing people to Jesus. Not withholding or keeping secret, but scattering and scattering that others too might fully receive the gift from God in Christ Jesus. Parables. They're not a puzzle for you to unlock. They are there to draw you to the one who created them, to the one who wrote the code and the one who will help you understand how to decipher it. In spending time with him, he will explain everything, untie the complicated knots, this being true in scripture as well in life. Jesus is the key to understanding, to unlocking. He is the light who has been brought in and given to disperse the darkness, to bring revelation and clarity. In accepting him, you are giving permission for his light to fill you and to reveal those bits and bobs that need attention. It's, you know, When you get a really bright light in a room, you realize sometimes how your room needs a little bit of cleaning attention. In the same way, you know, when God, we give permission for Jesus to fill us, he does business with us as well. Little bits that need cleaning up, tidying up. But it doesn't stop there. He doesn't just stop from doing business within you. That business in you results in that going out, that light flooding out. You are then called to let that light that has been given to you and the measure that has been given to you to shine before others. Jesus is not meant to be hidden in your life or kept secret. He is the key to your life and to others around you. Now in bringing that light, let us scatter seeds of good news in conversation. And in loving action, that point people to Jesus, laboring through the day, sleeping easy at night, knowing that God takes care of the rest.
And that we as a church family, we're not to be kept hidden or kept secret. But like on a city on a hill, we're meant to be visible to all. Like a mustard tree, our reach going out, our roots going deep. Knowing that as we give out, as we give out, I mean, that's a great test, even in this time when God has stretched us as a church family. As we give out, God will replenish, strengthen, and more than that, top us up. Don't be afraid to give out of what you have. Do you remember the story, got a little bit off-piste it, but you remember the story of the widow, where she, they were on their last meal, and God directs Elijah to them. Of the last thing that they had, God calls the widow to give out of what she had to Elijah to provide for him. And what is, that moment happens first, they give out first, and then God adds, and God adds and provides to the family. That is what it looks like to be a Christ. It's not usually, God, fill me up and give me lots first, and then I'll give out. It's usually you give out of what you've got, and then God adds and blesses the follow. And that's what we are called as a church family. It's always going to feel, that stretch is always going to be like that. Because that's the narrative. We trust God, we stretch, we go out, God replenishes, God fills. Let me invite the worship team to come back up. Should we stand together? that's what we're going to do now we're going to we're going to stretch ourselves even now to give out of what we got in worship in adoration the team are going to bring us back to that place of seeking Jesus and bringing honor to him as we do and I just feel uh, just as part of preparation time I just really feel that you know God is going to do business with you as an individual, privately. I love that in the scriptures, Jesus takes his disciples aside and in that privacy, in that intimacy, he explains everything. He is the one who can make sense of that which feels complex, able to untie those knots and bring clarity. But it is about your recognizing him and coming to him, knowing that he is the key to understanding and knowing that he is willing to explain with you. There might be some things even this morning that God wants to reveal, bring out into the light, bring some explanation and clarification, call to attention things that might need tidying up, Remind you that you're called to give out of the measure that you've been given. Remind you that you can put your trust and confidence in him, that he will top out, even if you've got a little here, a little bit of energy, a little bit of love, a little bit of action that you can give. God calls you to give out of that first, and God will replenish and strengthen 
So as part of our worship, really, I, want to, I do want to give room for God to speak. And if anyone feels like they're hearing from God, I want them to come to the front, go and speak to Michelle, and, and just uh, with a sense of sharing, share what God has put on their heart with the heart of building up the church. And let's be ready together. Let's be ready together to pay attention. As the scripture says, pay attention to what we hear. So God, I pray, Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the lamp that has been given, the lamp that has been brought in, the lamp that was revealed to bring light into the darkness, to bring revelation and clarity. I thank you for the light that has flooded myself and my heart, Lord, and recipient, I've been a recipient of Jesus Christ into my life. I pray, Lord, will I give out of the measurement that you've given me. Lord, that I would be faithful with what you've entrusted me with. And that, Lord, I can trust you, Lord, to replenish and to strengthen of that which I've given out. And, Lord Jesus, I pray for any individual here, Lord, Father, who needs that clarification or explanation. Things might be complex, Lord. I pray in this moment of privacy, of worship, would you individually draw gently to them in intimacy and bring explanation, Lord. Would you explain to them everything? And God, we want to be paying attention to what you are saying. So Lord, give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to the church. For those who are prophetically gifted, may we be paying careful attention now to what you are saying. Lord, that you may build up your church as we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.